much of Dhamma practice is about uh, concern with the dissolution <coughs> process, <coughs> to dissolve some of the fixities of identity and their patterns and their habits and their conversations, uh, you know, and the narratives and the landscapes that uh, get generated in the personal form. Personal form is a normal form. Um, we need to be somebody, we are we're seen as somebody, we need to respond in that way. Mm-hmm. Dissolving, recognizing more clearly this is these are conditioned responses, perceptions, attitudes, old karma. You know, the way that this particular being sees things way this particular being is affected or responds or programs or patterns his attitudes his, uh, his feelings of being able to do things or not do things um, sense of um, pressures and overwhelm and stagnant places or lost places mm. is the personal package naturally Seeing, begin to acknowledge some of these. Acknowledgement is always such a gratifying experience. <laughs> but it has to be done. <laughs> Acknowledging it is the beginning of an opening where acknowledgement can turn into something like acceptance, the Viveka process where we, at least in the, by acknowledging we're not actually emphasizing or destroying, we're not favoring or opposing how it is, it's just hoping to, she's this, he's this, at this time, this is the state of being, this is the familiar patterns, these are the ways it gets worked up or stirred up or energized or excited or despondent, it's this person. Mm-hmm. And we see these as now as responses, reactions, feelings, perceptions, emotions and so on around. You know, and certain situations definitely trigger that. You know, other people definitely make one into a person. Being other people one feels oneself to be a separate person. That's what it does. Mm-hmm. You know, having things to do, you become a person who does things. That's what's supposed to happen, in a way. It's the program, isn't it? And so we live in that domain of other people and things that we need to do or should do, or in a doing world, karma, active world. Or karma in that. Karma of relationship. Um, what we find ourselves psychologically, emotionally doing to be in the presence of another person, to feel comfortable, to feel okay, to feel, well, he's not not okay. <laughs> it just means, you know, shutting him out. <laughs> Which is definitely part of our potential, just to basically scream. Yeah. And we can all do this and perhaps do it at certain times. It's that 
Well, forget right and wrong. Just say these are, these are conditioned responses, and um, that's okay. Well, if you can acknowledge it, then you're going to tend to find that uh, in the acknowledgement there comes less identification with it. Uh, and there's also the possibility, you know, and sometimes that's appropriate, but not now. Sometimes it's appropriate to get excited or busy because this thing is not right now. Uh-huh. So there can be, because it's a condition rather than a person, rather than a permanent entity, it's a condition that arises dependent upon other conditions. So just checking in. Is that necessary now? What conditions are necessary now? Having acknowledgement, releasing some of the um, fixity of these doesn't mean they don't have to occur or won't occur, but recognize that also the domain of the domain of release begins with Viveka just acknowledging, stepping back, uh-huh, opening the potential to be with in acknowledgement. Within acknowledgement, sometimes what we acknowledge is agitations, uh, speedy thought processes, uh, emotional ricochets, worries and concerns, body twinges and so on. Then from acknowledgement turning towards what? Acceptance. It's wider than that. Dispassion. Viraga. No longer feeling one keeps throwing more material into the mix. So it's a, it's a deepening of Viveka into Viraga, because you know, it tends to throw more material into it to fix it, to change it, to get, you try to get rid of it, to understand it. And where is this possible? We begin to feel it in our body more. Body can feel quite tense, agitated, stirred up. Acknowledge it. Acceptance. It's almost like a quality of, oh well, even resignation, patience, acceptance, those tonalities. Patient with the mind and never wants to shut up. Patience with a heart that never seems to totally chill or ease. Patience. <coughs> a little bit more. A little bit wider. Deeper. that mood, that movement very much in encouraged and uh, uh, helped, <coughs> lubricated you might say, by these qualities, these tones of goodwill and compassion for the difficult places 
and gentle gladness rather than excitement or pride around the fortunate places and equanimity about the pattern, the seemingly here I am again kind of thing. Well, don't close down. Equanimity. There's something needs to be happen here. Something needs to work its way out. Something needs to arise. That didn't really want to arise. But it has to arise. The karma has to be finished. It has to well up. Be known, be sensed. Appears very much as me. Seems to be myself. That's his voice. The voice of karma is I. That's his voice. I am. Or I'm not. I should, I want. I am. That's the voice. You know that voice. Did you understand it? You hold that voice and pretty soon you're going to find things start tightening up around that. So, karma, tightening, contraction, and then furthering um, consequences from that processes immediately start to flash into place. Could we come to it to that voice? Alright. And equanimity. It's more like a very open attention to that, an emotional attention, sense of let her be the way she is now. It's not approving or condoning or, you know, just creating enough emotional space for that voice to speak. It's, it's song. It's make its music known. Remain in that openness. The voice, the music passes through. Not as quickly as I would like. (laughs) (laughs) It's a long song. (laughs) But it does have its pauses, its moments of fluctuation. It's to recognize it's not a permanent entity. It's something, isn't it? It's not a permanent entity. You don't get so immediately knee-jerk, reactive to it. You've got to follow it or crush it or anything really around that. And then you're widening the time boundary. Patience means patience really means not hanging on until it ends. That's not patience. Patience is saying no time boundary. This doesn't have to end. That's patience. And that patience takes you to equanimity. Just sometimes the most uh, subtle and difficult to describe abiding. It's uh, acceptance, patience, deep space. It's not philosophical, it's not indifferent, it's tender. Sensing all the energies and movements in that, in the voice of karma, the tones of it. 
And then you can begin to also sense your body form with that. The qualities of these measureless abidings, they can be in some ways measured, in the way they're measureless in terms they don't have time boundaries or space boundaries. Wherever you are, there it is. It doesn't add up things, it doesn't look for conclusions, it doesn't say this equals that. It's not concerned with that. There are aspects of our mentality that can do that when they have their uses and their places. But the place of these measurelessness is to, is to not do that. It's apamano. Mano is the thinking mind, conceiving mind. The, the one that, the thing that sees objects in terms of beginnings and ends. Chitta knows things as processes. Don't really begin and end, they're just welling up, <coughs> moving through, potent, tonal, emotive, resonant processes. And Chitta also knows how to be with the process as it wells up and open to it. Mano doesn't. Mano the thinking mind, conceiving mind, clips things, makes packages, um, gets, to, you know, adds things up, this equals that. Very useful for accounts and, uh, and all sorts of things like that. Housekeeping, not to be despised, but there are also the measurements which deal with one's own presence, the presence of chitta, which is a big thing. You cannot say it's not here, because it's always here, and it tends to resonate, tremble, move, be moved, it has to be very broadly held in a way that's appropriate, not in measuring. Not for Michael, beyond that measuring. The how long, the who, the whose problem it is, and when will I be, why am I like this, all that. doesn't look for those kinds of answers. But it is measurable, you could say, in terms of the tonality, goodwill, which is sort of more uh, nourishing quality, compassion, which is a protective protector, mudita, which is an enjoyment, and equanimity, which is giving of limitless space, trust, you could say. Trust it. Trust the process. Even the process is dukkha. When does dukkha become understood? But if you handle it directly, this is the uh, essence of the noble truth. There is a particular Aryan quality of handling dukkha. This is why it's called an Aryan truth. The Aryans hold, handle dukkha. Measurelessly, <coughs> uh, the Aryans handle dukkha without craving for it to be another way, um, blaming, criticizing, so strategizing. Aryans handle it, the noble ones handle it, just as this is the 
this is this. And there's a sense of if we hold things in if we hold things in that way, the Buddha's recommend understanding is with the removal of the craving for something else, the dispassionate relinquishment, dukkha subsides, ceases. This particular kind of the Aryan holding, the noble holding of dukkha. And dukkha is often ignominious, stupid, weird, very personal, shouldn't be this way, come on, you've got over this by now. <laughs> it's like, like that. And the handling this, just the Aryan handles that. So it's very, it's it's humbling. Aaron is not proud, he's handling the the humility of their humanity. It's like this. It's it's volatile, it's vulnerable, it's emotive, it's potent. It tends to do these kinds of things, handling it. This is the dukkha of the aggregate. Mm-hmm. And uh, handle with dis- increasing dispassion and trusting that process. Certainly, these uh, processes, this is what Buddhists recommend, present, say this is the truth. And the Buddha said, this is specifically what Buddhas know. This is what Buddhas present. This is a particular thing. Yes, morality is good. <coughs> Others teach morality. Kindness is good. Others teach kindness. And so on. Calm is good. Others teach calming. Concentration is good. Others teach that. What Buddhists specifically teach is the Aryan handling of dukkha. This is the bit that's says difficult to really people may conceptually understand it. Doing it is difficult because it takes you right into the the person pack with its very which is an ongoing topic for us. We become people. And we live in that state I call it the, the ongoing mistake. <laughs> So, you know, the quality of, of definitely of, of nourishing, of recognizing the need for nourishment, it's not because it's something particularly weird about any individual, but everyone needs nourishment, but we all need to eat something, breathe in something. Similarly, we all need the nourishment of goodwill, you know, and the goodwill that goes deep into the places of you know, we touch into places that are tangled or dark or agitated or fearful. You don't have to change it, just the quality of accepting this. We touch into suffering, it turns into, the goodwill turns into compassion. Right? No more wounding here. Feeling this, sensing it, 
and you can using your body as a sounding board for that when it gets more and more stressed out or when we leave our bodies as long as you can feel your body you're all right basically you know doesn't mean you know the the cruise is over but at least you're in the water (laughs) (laughs) so you being in a body that feels sick is better than not being in one being out into the conceptual proliferation world because there's no end there there's no end to karma there there's no path there so it's just just putting things just just not dealing with anything really so coming into the, the bodily sense as if it's whatever it is however it's felt these elements moving, changing, shifting pressures, eases contradictions, imbalances well it's workable it's when you leave it this is when you're in trouble so referring back to a body that's experiencing dukkha and what is compassion? yeah what is compassion? compassion is says oh tell me more you know Tell me more. Tell me more. Compassion says, I want to hold all of this. I want to widen to include all of this. So that there can be that when, in fact, our bodies and our minds in one way teach us compassion. The real thing. Suffering teaches us compassion, the real thing, the real quality, which is vulnerable, seemingly helpless. We have to touch into places where we feel helpless and just refuses to close down. Yeah. This is you know, the movement of acceptance. Mm. and as that forms you get a sense of something begins to stop uh, called ceasing uh, from Viveka disengaging Viraga, dispassion, ceasing something ceases to keep creating more about it it can feel like a kind of almost defeat or resignation, stop. Let it be the way it is. Mm-hmm. And bearing, holding, holding that to prevent more splitting. We protect against that. You know, if, I, if I don't, if I'm not with this in a compassionate way, there's only one thing that's going to happen: and react and split. And Either just spin off somewhere else, project it onto somebody or something, create a self out of it. Therefore, it's not like I'm compassionate so that the thing will go away. No, I'm compassionate so that the I am will pick this up and make a thing out of it. So there's a sense of dissolving. Of the, of the person into 
the experience of dukkha. When you begin to sense that possibility, you get it kind of intuitively, this is strange. I find it's, it's really, I feel somehow better at being with my despond than strategizing way out of it. This is odd. What's this? What does that? You're beginning to touch into the potency of chitta and the quality of some acknowledgement occurs. There is a way out. There's something stopping. The endless running on, running away is stopping. Um, the strategizing is stopping. Oh, quality, some kind of quality of realization is a tone of gladness with it. At a very deep level. Equanimity, realization, you know. Yeah, this is probably going to happen again. Maybe. That's okay. It's like this. You know, until it's finished, it ain't all over till it's over. But there's confidence with equanimity. It doesn't claim any particular ground or attainment other than the deepening sense of trust and faith and the willingness to be it, apply one's energy to have a instead of collapsing looking into what's going on now we can deliberately recollect these states it's good to, to switch them on recollection, you recollect the quality of goodwill that's come to you or the goodwill you see in the world around you or the quality of goodwill that arises within you towards others these are not completely foreign to us, are they? and maybe, you know what we need to notice is where it's missing, say, when there's difficulty in goodwill towards myself towards this an inability to open and receive goodwill without feeling you've got to do something back or it's uncomfortable or you feel awkward or you shouldn't need this or oh, you know, I'm not that great anyway, I don't really deserve this it just doesn't matter this is measureless, it's nobody deserves it's not about deserving it's allowing the quality of goodwill to flourish in all directions this is our duty it's not up for me to say whether I'm worth it or not. That's measuring. But it is a responsibility to, to support that quality when it rises in others, in myself, anywhere. Because this is uh, beautiful. And receiving it is a skill. Letting it, taking it in. What's it like to experience goodwill and warmth, or the compassion of another person towards you?
with this. Notice the moments that has occurred when you have sensed that. Don't mind dwell upon the mood. You can even let the event pass away once you've got the mood. You've got the tone, you can let the event disappear or the person disappear. What's the effect of that? Taking it. It's both in some ways a dissolution of one's personality and construction. Because in a way you don't have to do anything. Apart from open. And yet it's also, and this is the uh, particular piece that it helps with, it's also, it's a subjective, it's, it's towards you as an individual. You as a seen experience, you as a known object, you as an entity. But it's not about your personality. It's not about your when you did enough. It's just you as an individual are offered this. Because why? Because it feels good. That's the domain in which we arise. It's not measurable, it's not through some accountancy trick of how many stars you've got, how many grades you've got with you. No, it's not that. It's just, this is... You know, <laughs> this is actually the chitta's response to the individual form. Otherwise it wouldn't be born. There wasn't some sense of willingness to be here. Something given, something offered. We, we're allowed to breathe in <laughs> without having to pay. Even bad people breathe in. <laughs> so, taking in some of that, yeah, that sense. Particularly when we, we feel awkward with it. Allowing the domain, the, the, the quality of goodwill to about to abide and to become abundant um, in all directions. This is a sense of allowing something beautiful to arise in the world, in the human realm. Many of the others aren't there, many of them, spite, nastiness, and comparisons and conceits. We want to bring, let some of this stuff flourish and be part of that which receives and have to offer goodwill without you know doesn't mean you approve of everyone's actions but as a being recognizing we're all prone to karma, suffering, old age, sickness, death so on then there's this also the chitta's arising with a blessing all of us
And directing it even more as one begins to tune into that tone. It takes a while to really get the tone quality and directing it, offering it, breathing it, wrapping it around areas that feel starved or dry or hungry. And so on. So the various modes of this kindness, compassion, and enjoying, enjoying where one is, where there is uh, contentment or ease or release, not sabotaging it. It's amazing how in a contracted state we can forget all the good we've done, all the happiness we've had, when we're in the contracted state, just look from there, all you see is a desolate landscape in all directions. <laughs> you know, in a desolate state, a contracted state. Now, that piece of karma, that piece of vipaka, that piece of old karma, well, we have experienced that at times, I imagine, some of us, all of us. The aloneness, the desolate, the rejected, the isolated, the lost. Um, in that particular, when that piece of old stuff happens, you look around and you're on the dark side of the moon. So the I am does from that particular position. Mm. And, you know, one just has to remember, this is a view, and the more fixed and solid it is, for sure, if it's fixed and solid, it's not real. Everything really subject to change. Everything actually sub this is a fantasy. This is just this is a nightmare. And it certainly affects one's body, one's attitudes, one's emotions, one's affect everything. So it seems so encompassing. We're in the doom place. And this is the only thing we really can rely upon is faith and enough wisdom to know this is dukkha. It's, it's totally not happy. It's dukkha. It can be felt, it can be known. Yeah. Others have gone this way. And you seek a place where there's just a little space. It could be walking, breathing, lying down. Even being in nature is coming out, touching the space where that, where you sense something alive and moving and vital. It doesn't even matter if it's uncomfortable, at least it's moving from the contracted. Mm-hmm. When the move, when moving begins, even if it's a movement of agitation or 
sadness or whatever, you just then are coming out of the frozen state. Even if you're angry, irritable, better than the frozen state. I've done this like that. Staying, bearing with that. Staying with that, being with that. Equanimity. Letting the landscapes change. Touching into the the equality of change. Acknowledging that tone, the slipping, the moving. Once you acknowledge, begin to understand change, accept change, tune into change, changeability, non-security, it's actually a refuge. Means things are open, things are never completed. There's no no period, there's no... It just, this is change. And you go through it. You will go through it. It will go through you, in fact. Comes from confidence, trust, and wisdom. What's needed? What's needed? You can ask the question. You come out of the frozen state instead of what should I do? How can I want? No, it's not what I should do. It's what's what's needed. What's needed is just perhaps it's just a little more time. Just a little more patience, a little more time. Wider time. Real time. Body time. Time of breathing in and out. Time of moving. (coughs) That time. More of it. Rather than clock time, panic time, frozen time. Or two time. Rather than that. Measuring time. You don't know how long, but you know things are in rhythm box process. That's real time. It's not numbers on clocks, days and years. Coming into real time, widening that. Patience, patience, patience. Taking out the time boundaries. Dispassion, ceasing. Relinquishment. of identification. Now this, these um, sometimes called Brahma-viharas or sublime abidings or measureless qualities definitely not only help to lubricate the process, keeps you in resonance rather than just philosophizing about it all, keeps you in a warm resonance state, it means also that we can arise into an individuality with those resonances there. You know, what takes you out, what helps things to dissolve, also helps things to form to a healthier pattern. So the resonances remain, the jitta begins to know those more fully, more clearly, more continuously. And so as it arises, we arise into individuality again, into our doing, being, Tied with me again, then that is built in with that comes these strong currents of goodwill, of compassion, of 
appreciation and of equanimity. Recollect, remember the appreciation, because it's so easy to sabotage one's own progress, one's own, you know, you don't notice the suffering, it isn't there. You only notice the stuff that it is. It's so easy to say, oh, you know, I'm still a wreck. Appreciation <laughs> is a practice. You don't notice, well, you should see how you were 10 years ago. <laughs> I think you're a wreck now. <laughs> Keeping precepts, well, that's puts you into the, you know, the forefront of humanity <laughs> already. Yeah. And just consider the beings who, who can't or don't or haven't really got that yet. Consider them with a sense of sorrow and compassion. Just how much karma people accumulate like that. So rejoice. The one that one feels assured in terms of, of uh, virtue and goodness and patience and kindness. Just rejoice because it's not always the case. By no means. Mm-hmm. And these are qualities that have to be uh, touched into. Don't sabotage your own development by not acknowledging it. So there's a time when you sort of deep appreciation. Certainly one's friends and the Buddha teachers and so forth, also appreciation of your own chitta. The release that is there. The degree to which one is not totally seized up and compulsive. It takes a while. But this is the this is the mudita quality just keeps amplifying you know, and gets you in touch with that which one would otherwise perhaps not notice. Deep so deep appreciation. Now this is considered to be a, a one of the, another form of our recollections, standard recollections is to develop appreciation for one's skills, you know, virtues, friendships, associations. It's not like an ego, but true. It's just a, a recognition. This isn't a person, these are conditions. I'm so grateful that certain skillful conditions have arisen and had their blossoming. There's been the times I've touched into that. I've touched into some sense of, of gratitude or concern or um, for others. Are beautiful. Not everybody gets that. And we remember it. To some extent, one has always experienced some love from someone. Maybe not enough, not long enough, not everything, but there was some of it. Otherwise, we would not have survived. We would certainly not be doing retreats. We just couldn't bear it. It's just too agonizing. So something has been given. There has been a result, a fruit of that. Maybe you can't remember it, you don't know the events, but if you can experience any degree of uh, 
gratitude or goodwill is because something's been given to you. And there's no need to sort of worry whether you deserve it or not. Don't do that. Just enjoy. Enjoy the way your chitta is keeping you keeping you afloat, keeping you moving or keeping you practicing, keeping you working at the conflict of your suffering. So you wish you would give up, but it doesn't. So these really help to both uh, help things to dissolve in a in a comfortable way, in a sensed way, in a felt way, in a very direct way, also how to let things your life be reset. You know, there's a degree of reset in it. This is this is really the the, um, the gift of a retreat. And, you know, you might say you know we found the time, which was a gift. Finally, carved out some time. Some our friends or our job or our partner allowed us some time. In life, we got some time to practice. So grateful. You know, got a situation to practice in. Oh, somebody helped to put it all together. Oh, yeah, that's good. I don't want to know. Somebody came to talk. I don't want to know. You know, some, there was a form here to, to bear with me, to, to, to encourage me to move through difficulties. Oh, you know, stuff I would, probably wouldn't have done on my own. Yeah. I don't want to know. Gratitude. You know, sensing that. And then the, the real... <coughs> gift that doesn't end when the retreat ends. <laughs> the real gift it doesn't end when the retreat ends, when the whole this this scenario folds up, disappears. Yeah. The gift of your own recollection, the ability to recollect. Uh, these qualities, these these life affirming qualities, goodwill, compassion, appreciative joy, equanimity. They operate in the domain which isn't about the measuring, judging world. And they're to be taken, we say seriously, but to be given very strong focus because so much focus goes on to the other aspect, the mono aspect of our lives, the conceiving, organizing aspect. Not that it shouldn't exist, but we want to balance that with this timeless quality.